0: UMGoBlue.com, by fans, for fans, since 1999. Welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. And tonight we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh's resounding victory over NCAA legislation in being able to blanket the country, actually strike that the world with the number of, of camps, um, well Andy, what do you think about Harbaugh staring down the NCAA and being able to have the, the huge number of camps that he's had?
1: Well, I thought it was improbable for a while. You of course said that they would, he would get to hold the camps and that came true. But, uh, the Harbaugh, uh, circus keeps going and I think he's doing good for himself good for his players, and good for Michigan. The only thing that worries me is how does he get ready for the upcoming season if all of the coaches are all over the map all of the time? That's one thing that worries me a little bit, but apparently that doesn't worry him, so it shouldn't worry me. Jim Harbaugh was absolutely the best buy that Michigan could have got for its money regarding the coach. It's just what they needed I don't think he'll continue to bully the uh, 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 NCAA. They'll they're they're gonna come back and limit him next year, which may be a good thing, or it'll change form somewhat. But it sure does make me happy to know that he has tweaked Coach Saban and shown him up for the hypocrite that he is. That I like very, very much, although it worries me his continued high-profile. And th- this is a country that likes to turn on their heroes. They like to manufacture heroes here, and after a bit, they get tired of it and want to show that they have feet of clay. Harbaugh doesn't seem to step in the mud very often, does he?
0: No. And, again, that's a good thing, but, you know, I I think you hit on a really good point. You know, these programs, college football programs, first, they're very sprawling enterprises. You know, you have over 100 student-athletes to keep track of. You have trainers. You have support people. You have your staff. You have your football analysts. You have your coaches. That's a whole bunch of people to stay out of trouble. And when you combine that with the excessive size of the NCAA rulebook, um, it, it gets to be really hard to stay out of trouble. And of course, you know I always use the analogy of speeding. It's one thing to go a couple miles over the speed limit. It's another thing to go 120 over, like some of the SEC exactly. schools do. But you know the thing that I question with Harbaugh having such a high profile is you know everybody's going to be watching and you know that everyone is ready to pounce as soon as somebody screws up. And, you know, we may have seen that, you know, not so much an NCAA violation, but this thing happening that came out with Alec Malzone. And, you know, it, it's, it's really bad timing for, for him personally. Um, you have a position that is stacked top to bottom, you have a position, you know, the quarterback position that is drawing recruits and transfers from all over the place. And um, it'll be interesting to see how this affects his his status moving forward. With that said, um, you know, I like to see, you know, Harbaugh sticking it to the NCAA. It will be interesting to see, you know, I've I've heard a couple different um prospects for limiting in the camps. You know. I've heard limiting them from time, saying, "Oh, you're only going to have you know two or three weeks to do this," and also a possibility of limiting them geograf- geographically to you know so many miles from your home campus. The thing about it is, <coughs> Harbaugh has shown himself adept at finding every kind of you know little tiny crack to drive a amazing blue semi through. So. You know it'll be interesting to see, you know how how he responds to this, because you know I think he's shown time and time again he's going to push it he's going to push the rules all the way to the limit no matter what the NCAA does, and the thing that I think is interesting you hear these coaches saying that he's really not gaining an advantage, well then I would say well let him run then, you know let him run and let him go and run himself out. The reality is, is, you know, coaches aren't going to do that. I mean, if you know, it, it's an arms race. You, you really, it, it's a game of brinksmanship. And if one program does it, other programs are going to have to do it just to respond, just for the optics of it. Yeah. So it'll be and
1: interesting. The U.S. is gaining an advantage to spend a distinct footing advantage to sink, advantage advantage some of the people that they're offering, and he's getting warm feelings from a number of places across the country that never would have thought of Michigan before. He's got kids out of Alabama, Georgia, and so it, it, it's been—it's been a coup d'etat for him. Uh, well, I think it's done a world of good and, and for it, his program.
0: You know, and, and I think let, let's talk about you know just the Michigan camp, okay? Just the camp they have in Ann Arbor. You know, you really have to unpeel—you have to unpeel and look at what's really happening, okay? Yes, occasionally they're going to find a recruit that they didn't know about. Yes, they're going to have the elite camp for the top prospects to get a look. You know, the reality is a lot of the top prospects really don't come to camps and perform. You know, they come, make an appearance, you know, perhaps, you know, get timed. But a lot of the very top blue chip players don't come and compete in the camps with everybody else. Okay? The thing that's important
1: about That's true, but there still is the benefit there still is this benefit in that he is getting hit the Michigan name out to a number of people that he wouldn't have got out through before because they're familiar. I'm reading all kinds of warm and fuzzy material regarding Harbaugh as a coach and a person some pretty damn good football players. And I don't think that would have happened without the camps. I have always said I have always said I have always said that I was against having a really popular coach, that the coach should be in the background, should be in the shadows, and running his uh, program like Houdini does. But Hardball is proving me wrong, at least in Hardball's case. I'll go ahead. I was sorry
0: to jump. No, that's all right. The, the The point I was going to make about the camps is what I always have to, you know, remind people of is it's not really for the players, okay? Camps are made to create relationships with the high school coaches, okay? Because you never know where the next recruit's going to come from. And what's interesting is is that listen. The farther that you can reach your tendrils, the larger of a coaching network that you can you can make. You know, again, what's really vital in all these camps is Harbaugh is making a huge impact on all these high school coaches at all different levels everywhere, and really that's the network that drives you. And you know, it's funny because you know we can look back at you know, before Michigan State's resurgence. And the word coming out of their football camps is, you know, you had John L. Smith, um, who basically skipped a couple of the camps, okay? And and on one hand, you, you understand that the coach wants to take a vacation, but on the other hand the mother point is <laughs> is that Michigan State really neglected their in state networking. Okay. And um, you know um, uh, the coach after Saban, uh, his name escapes me right now. The guy who Bobby did, Williams, Bobby Williams, the guy who was going to take us to the woodshed, he had a horrible reputation with the coaches. You know, there's a reason that these coaches go out and do the rubber chicken circuit and talk at all these high school banquets and all, and, and go out and meet with everybody. And in sure. Michigan State, you know, with Bobby Williams and, and John L. Smith. Really neglected that, okay? And to look what Harbaugh is doing, I mean, he's doing on a global, national scale what coaches usually try to do to lock up their state. I mean, he is he is appearing at everything. He is, you know, working with all these prospects of all varying degrees. And you got to understand that. When you have a coach of hardball stature taking care of the lesser of, of your players, that impresses these coaches immensely. Okay, I mean these coaches are being feted, like like they're important. And the reality yes. is, is they may not be real important right now, but you never know who's gonna, you never know where these coaches are gonna end up working. You never know what prospects they're gonna have. And this is a thing that shows that. You know, Harbaugh is building an ecosystem of networking, and it may not pay off next year, <coughs> but it will pay off over over time. And it will be really interesting to see the places that Michigan picks up prospects from in the future. It's
1: especially important in football; less important in basketball, because coaches play less of a role in basketball. The shoe leads play a big role. And it might not even be the high school coach, you know, that's guiding the kid into where he's gonna go in basketball. But in football it's still the high school coaches. They are the league that, you know, they are the understudies and uh, they produce the understudies. And they're very, very important to the process. And Harbour is is masterful at the way he's handling that stuff. But we'll see whether it always translates to wins on the field because there's two wins these guys got to have next year, and there's no ifs ands and buts. They got to beat Michigan State. They got to beat Ohio State. Anything else that they do will be fine and will be necessary. And they can't have upsets against lesser talents. But it is time for them to step up and beat one or both of those teams, and preferably both.
0: Well, you need to do it. And Andy, you know, it's just like we said last season. I mean, a split would have been ideal last season. In my mind, a split is absolutely necessary this season. You need to do it. Absolutely. And, and when you look at the way the schedule shapes up, you know, he's not getting any help schedule-wise having to go down to the snake pit and having to go to East Lansing. So it'll be interesting because you could make a case... That Michigan could play masterfully, you know, play much better than this past season, and still lose. But that's not, you know, playing grain is not going to cut it, and and that's why, you know, we keep going back to that stunning, you know, last last play of the game, lost to Michigan State. It really stings because, you know, if you have that in the bank. Um, you know, gives you some momentum rolling forward and now you gotta go up there and let's be honest, Michigan has not played well there in a very long time. So you know, I with
1: a high level of desperation they have to go there. Because they have to they have to beat those troops to be respectable this year. Everybody expects that they'll beat Rutgers and that they'll do okay in the games, 10 the ten states and all that. But it's Michigan states Ten Ohio State. And especially they can't look bad again, get blown out like they did against Ohio State. They laid an egg in that game.
0: So, speaking of schedules, rumor has it that Notre Dame will be returning to the schedule. And, you know, we don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but it looks like the gears are in place. And, And, you know, Andy, I remember, you know, some fans complained when Michigan and Notre Dame had locked themselves in long term. And, and the thought was, oh, we're going to be stuck with Notre Dame. We're not going to get anybody else. Well, you know, and I said, listen, at least you had Notre Dame. And, and I think that that, that my concern has been borne out. I would much rather have Notre Dame every other year or every third year than the collection of Yahoo non-conference games that we've seen. Uh, shoot, I would rather have Notre Dame than some of the Yahoo we have inducted into the Big
1: Ten. So um You're not uh, the one ranger there. I think everybody. You know, it is it is a game that gets national attention. It gets more publicity, more hype than, than you could possibly want. And it's it's turned out some of the games have really turned out to be good over a long period of time. That first night game that Michigan won against them a couple three years ago, whenever that was that that was an absolute stunner of a game, a stunner of a scene, and shows just how good the competition against Notre Dame can be. Unfortunately, the last time we played them, we lost. I was kind of hoping we'd win that one, too, but wasn't in the cards. But it looks like we'll have another chance, and I'm glad to have that
0: Yep, and I'm glad to see Harbaugh driving that, too, because I think that he's yeah. he's on the right side of history there. Um he yeah, uh, is, too. So well.
1: It's a game you don't want to lose, though, because it can ruin so early in the season, it can ruin season for you, or take a season for you or take a little luster off the season. It's a game you have to win early in the season in order to go any place, the rankings and the rest of
0: it. But so. but you know, Andy, the thing about that is is that realistically, okay, while that game can can propel you winning that game can put you in a position that maybe maybe you could be the second team second team from the Big Ten, okay? To go to a, to a really great game, you know, in the postseason. The reality is, it has nothing to do with the Big Ten Championship. So even if you lose that game, even if you lose that game, and the reality is, you still have to come through and run the gauntlet of the Big Ten. So, I would much rather see them play a tougher Notre Dame squad than, again, the collection of Yahoo teams we've seen I mean, I, I never need to see Michigan play, uh, you know, Rutgers again. You know, we have this manufactured controversy with the camps, and uh, I'm like, seriously. I mean, come on. If, if we're if we're worried about Rutgers stealing recruits, then uh, you know, <coughs> we have larger problems.
1: Yeah, that's kind of that's that's kind of a joke. Rutgers was kind of a joke coming into the Big Ten, in my opinion. I wouldn't have chosen them, but, but the TV market was absolutely wonderful. Oh, what do you think of ESPN and uh, Fox splitting, showing some of Michigan's games? You know. Fox is, in, Fox is in the half of those games.
0: You know, the big thing is, I think that we're going to see more and more creative ways for networks to get a chunk of these games. I think that really. Um, you know Harbaugh coming into the Big Ten, win or lose, okay. And let's be clear on that. Whether Harbaugh wins or loses, there's a lot of people lining up to get a piece of the Big Ten TV pie right now, and it, it doesn't surprise me at all. And I'll tell you, if you know if, if he is you know successful the way we think he will be, um, you know, coupled with Ohio State winning the national championship, um, you know. You know, coming off that recent, recently, I really think that, you know, if, I, everything points to Michigan State staying competitive and Ohio State staying competitive. If Michigan can raise their game and, you know, beat one of those guys and have it be a dogfight year in and year out, I can't imagine a more entertaining conference in the Big Ten for the next five or ten years.
1: You know, no, now, do now you that, think we're going to add a couple of teams? I'm hearing, I'm hearing. <laughs> They're looking at other teams. The timing of that does not seem right to me right now.
0: You know what? Actually, I think you strike while the iron's hot. I mean, if people are lined up I now, I will tell you what I would love to see happen, but I don't think they'll do it. Is I would love us. I would love to see the Big Ten expand to twenty teams, and I would love to see the conferences or the, or the yeah the conferences be the old big 10 and the and the posers i mean i would love to see you know uh, a real kick butt I would love I would love to see a more traditional conference with more of our traditional rivals. Um, you know, with that said, they're they're probably not going to do that. But you know, I, again, I I have Maryland might have come in and, and you know put one of the final nails in Hulk's coffin. But you know, I <coughs> I'm still not looking forward to seeing them play. You know, and, and I've said this before. If you had told if I had gone to my mailbox ten years ago and pulled out my season tickets and saw Rutgers and Maryland. You know, on the tickets, I would have said, "Wow, what a crappy non-conference schedule!" And now yeah, we're sure. now we're served up. We're going to see them served up every year. Or so, so I'm. Yeah. Well,
1: I've had I've had more trouble lately selling my single game tickets than I have in years prior uh, for the home schedule because uh, people don't want to pay the high prices that they have for to see possibly a non-competitive or second-rate ball game. Because it's it's harder to sell those tickets that I have every year, you know, because I'm getting into the press box for free, so I I get rid of them. I don't know how much longer I'm going to continue to do that.
0: Well, you know, the problem we have, too, is that if you look at the home slate this year, it's not exactly all that sexy. I mean... Yeah, not at all. Yeah. I mean, Penn State isn't exactly the powerhouse it used to be. And, you know, I would really like, if there's anything that I would like to see our new athletic director do, I'd really like to, you know, have him somehow appeal to the Big Ten to split up Michigan State and Ohio State, you know. You know, on the schedule, so that they're not home, both home or both away. Um, yeah, it, that's it, it's a really, un, like it It's is. a really unbalanced schedule, and it really does a disservice to the fans. <laughs> and honestly, I haven't looked at what it does on the Ohio State side or the Michigan State side, but I can tell you on our side, it sucks. I mean, it really is no, a. Certainly. It's really not a fun schedule when, you know, when you're, you know, looking yeah. at. Again, it's great
1: when you get hold of them, but, man, is it is it lean right now. Well, two years in a row at Michigan State and Spartan Stadium wasn't uh, wasn't exactly sure, in my opinion. I, I didn't think that was good. And that, Does that ever happen to State or ever happen to Ohio State? I don't know. I don't remember it happening to anybody but us.
0: Adding to our adding to our misery in the the the, <laughs> the sunset of the of of Rich Rod and Brady Hope glory, uh, so <coughs> well, Andy, do you have any final thoughts on this edition of the podcast? I, I'm
1: sorry.
0: Do you have any final thoughts for the podcast?
1: Yes, he's got to turn all this fight and everything he's doing into wins. <laughs> It's time for them to get going. they got to be good in 16 because I'm not sure how good they'll be in 17. They lose their offensive line, other things, you know. We'll see. But I think that the push has come to shove. It's time for them to win, and they got to win now if they want to maintain a better-than-Big Ten average position. You know, they don't want to be a Big Ten also-ran every year. Never, they've never been in the championship game, and until they have been in that Big Ten championship game, they are an underling in the Big Ten. They've never been there. They've got to get there. This has got to be the year. It looks like the cards may be displayed in that uh, in that order. I don't know. But I'm hoping to see a better year this year than we've had in the past five.
0: You know, I have to tell you, I never thought I would want to go to Indianapolis so bad because I really don't like I really don't care for Indianapolis, especially that time of year. But you know, it would be nice to have the option to see Michigan play, and uh, you know, I, I really think that 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 needs to happen to uh, keep the hype train on the tracks here. Because, like you said, oh yeah, <laughs> there's a ton of attention. But, you know, you know, and you alluded to this earlier in the, in the podcast. The reality is is that, you know, the media, and I I'm not pointing at anybody in particular in the media, but the media in general, you know, loves to build people up, and then there's a chunk of the media that loves to take them down. I mean, that's what they do. You bet. And you Harbaugh bet. has put himself in the crosshairs, and, you know, it's, it's, it's time to put up. It's time to answer the bell. And uh well,
1: congratulations <laughs> to him as a new father.
0: You know, he's going to have another. <laughs> the funny thing about that is knowing, you know, knowing, observing Harbaugh the way we do, I'm just wondering if he's already got that penciled in for one of the bye weeks. Um, so uh, <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a good question. What do we do if, if that comes up on the early afternoon of the game? You know, which it could do. So.
0: so, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.